0: You're listening to Storytime for Travellers, where adventurers share their craziest travel moments. back to Storytime for Travellers. My guests on this episode are the hosts of my absolute favourite travel podcast. Nick and Amy are the creators of What the Foe travel podcast and they're currently on an incredible year-long adventure. Right now they're talking to me from Ecuador, having just travelled through South America and they've collected some fantastic stories along the way. They started their podcast four years ago, and it's been such an inspiration to me, so it was great to chat to them. In our conversation, we chat having a disco in a traditional Bedouin tent in Jordan, seeing hundreds of hot air balloons in Cappadocia, and driving around Cairo with their couch server hosts, listening to electronic dance music. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, so today on the podcast, I'm on the line with the lovely Nick and Amy from What The Foe Travel podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting to you guys. And I'm speaking to you from Ecuador, which I'm so jealous about. Hello.
1: Hello, how are you? You are
0: right. right? I'm good, thank you. It's great to have you guys on the podcast. So you're on a massive trip right now, right?
1: Yes we are. Yeah,
0: really big. So like last September, so it's September two thousand
2: and 18? eighteen. <laughs> I forget time when you're traveling. Yeah. Uh two thousand eighteen, we quit our jobs, we sold our flat, we sold our car and we came away to travel.
1: Yeah, we started like in, in Europe, in Greece, and then we did a bit of the Middle East and then we flew to South America and yeah, like you said, we're in Ecuador, so we're trying to do all of the Americas at the moment.
0: Oh, That's such an epic adventure. I'm very jealous. I'm here in in London where it's still cold, even though it's May. I thought it'd be summer by now, but no chance. Um, We're we're not
1: jealous of you. (laughs) No,
0: no, definitely not. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about couchsurfing stories. So I know you guys use surfer a lot when you travel and those sort of experiences always lead to great stories. So do you have any stories for us about couchsurfing?
1: We have, yeah, we do, we have good and bad stories. So it depends. Oh, yeah. What do you want to start with? A good one? You know one what? Or a bad Let's one?
0: start with good and then go for bad. So always start with a positive.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, fortunately, like most of the time, they're positive. Like, we can't believe how many times we stay with people in other countries and like they're just so generous and they just want to help us. Because at, when you first tell people about couch surfing, if you've never done it before, it does sound very strange. And you think to yourself, why would. Someone invites strangers into their house for no money, but it's because, yeah, both people get. lot out of it really so like the host it might be someone who can't afford to travel themselves so they invite the world to them you see so they can have a great culture experience and of course for us it's fantastic to meet the locals it's the best way to travel like we do hang out with other travelers sometimes in hostels when we travel but we try to limit that because we haven't come to ecuador for example to hang out with english people if you see what i mean (laughs) definitely definitely yeah so we've had so many amazing amazing times like in la paz for example this guy uh he, he had well, he had a beautiful flat which helps it's not necessary but just the most generous guy he took he took me to a football game completely for free and he was like, providing us with food and then like we've got so many friends in brazil that we stayed with and it's ranged from we stayed with couples where it's just been nice you know we're a couple Staying with another couple, like going to the beach, just relaxing, having a nice time. To there was this one guy in a, a town called Recife in the north of Brazil. And he was just a party animal, this guy, Leo. And it just so happens that when we've been traveling South America now, we've actually met up with him a few times because he's also traveling. So you're making like you're hanging out with different people, people you normally would never hang out with before, all different ages, And these people can become your friends. And they've got so many examples. But one good one I'll give you quickly is in Jordan. We were very lucky. We went to Petra, one of the most touristic places in the world. And through Couchsurfing, we stayed with two brothers who had a traditional Bedouin tent right near Petra. So we're staying for free, one thing, which is a bonus. We're learning about local Jordanian culture. And we actually had this, like arabic style disco in their tent <laughs> oh right near God. petra music, music blaring and the funny thing was because we're in the middle east this will sound strange for english people but there was zero alcohol involved we were all completely sober <laughs> just having, this, having this massive party and there was also two other spanish girls that were couch surfing and that's what couch surfing can do it can it can make these strange amazing situations
2: there was actually one point where the two brothers were teaching us the, the local dance mm-hmm. and we were all standing in a circle holding hands <laughs> and kind of kicking our legs up into the air and, and jumping up and down. And I just turned to Nick and I was like, what is our life right yeah. now? We are completely <laughs> sober, which we, I, we keep focusing on the alcohol that makes us sound like alcoholics. I'm not actually a big drinker, but, you know, some people need a bit of drink to get up and dance. To loosen up. But it was just so strange. And their one of their yeah. other friends, uh, he really didn't want to dance. He's from Jordan as well. Actually, I think he's part of the Saudi Arabia... Uh, royal, family. royal family he's very distant but uh he had a, a connection to the royal family in saudi arabia which was cool but he was sitting down with a, a torchlight and was kind of flickering at us as if it
0: was some club lights
1: yeah, he was he was a strobe lights
0: yeah <laughs> it was just such a bizarre that sounds situation crazy. but it was brilliant yeah and that shows how like when you're travelling, when you open yourself up to kind of immersing yourself in a culture, which is what couch surfer does, you get these really bizarre, amazing life experiences. So, yeah, that's that's amazing. Definitely not on the typical tourist route of Jordan. <laughs> yeah, no. Exactly. Better than,
1: better than staying in a hotel. But sometimes Couchsurfing can be a lottery. Sometimes you can stay somewhere, which is not very nice. But the thing is, when it's free, you can't really complain about you know the standard mm. of the economy it's more about meeting the people so it, it, most of the time it's been great sometimes it can go bad and we find ourselves in a place which might not be very nice but that's the lottery
0: go on then tell us a bad couch surfing story we've done the good let's let's try a bad couch surfing story
2: see now I personally think that we haven't had anything bad because I think bad would be you know getting into a violent or dangerous situation and that has never happened yeah. i've never felt really unsafe with couch surfing at all but our bad stories i guess kind of range from like what nick was saying how the accommodation can't won't be kind of up to Standard. I don't want to sound like a snob by saying that, but like sometimes you'll go to a place and like it hasn't been cleaned yeah, for a like, really long time. Like, oh
1: god! And then you have to make up a reason why we have to leave. <laughs> you yeah. Don't have the feelings, but just one bad one quickly. It was actually in Egypt. It's a, a small beach town called Gamasa, and like yeah, we'd never heard of it either. So we thought, great, there's no tourists there this would be a great experience but when we we arrived just the guy wasn't actually staying with us he said you can use my friend's apartment and the apartment was horrible there's cockroaches everywhere there was no running water so you couldn't even flush the toilet let alone shower and we just thought we need to get out of here quick so that's what we did
2: yeah, and there was uh, this again. Sounds quite first world problems, but there wasn't any Wi-Fi, and we didn't really know where we were um, because we, because it's such a big trip, it's hard to do lots of research before you get to a place because before you get to a place, you're already in a different place enjoying it. Yeah, so definitely. we tend to kind of arrive and then see, do research online as well as walking around and finding what there is because this this not enough in some of the places that we're going to there's not enough research online so it's so much easier just to arrive and cheaper Um, but yeah so we arrived and there was no Wi-Fi in this place in Gamasa and we didn't know where we were we didn't know how to get to the next town we didn't know you know anything if there were other restaurants or or hotels that we could go to for the night because the place was really bad. Like I was sleeping in my clothes, just about on the bed because I didn't really oh want no. to be on there. Oh no! I think I left. I think I slept in my shoes as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where yeah, it's it's potluck where it's good or bad, but at least you can kind of always always find a way out of those situations. And like you said, you haven't had any bad experience in the sense where. You felt like you were in a dangerous situation or no. someone was intimidating. So yeah, no, it's, I'm, I need to try. I've never tried couch surf, I need to
1: try couch surf. It's a great experience. It really is. And yeah, 99% of the time. Fantastic. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I, I always say it's, it's Airbnb with no money because the, the website works the same. So you, you can filter it. You can say, I want a double room. I, yeah. I, like, sorry. I want a private room. And you know, you can even say like, "Yeah, I want a private bathroom. I want this. I want this," and then it will give you their filtered research, uh, the filtered results. results of of who comes through. And then, and it's the same with Airbnb. You can't book instantly, but you you send them a message and say like, "Hey, can we hang out? I see your. I don't know. I see you're into yoga, so am I. Let's hang out. Can I stay with you?" And then they'll come back saying yes or no.
0: Yeah, sounds brilliant. Um, And that that kind of brings us on to people. So on a trip like you're doing, I know you guys are super open to meeting local people. So have you got a story about someone helping you along the way when something's gone wrong or when like, I don't know, like you were saying, the the guy who um, took you to the football match. Have you got another story about people helping you out?
2: Yeah, I think Turkey was a big country for this, which was a bit. I don't know why, but it was surprising really. Everybody was just so helpful. Little things for like running. We were uh, kinda late one morning to catch a, a train which was like nine hours long, so we didn't want to be late for it. Um and we just asked a guy on the street, do you know where this train station is? And and he walked us the whole way there to make sure we got there and kinda of went out of his way. Um, and also in, in Turkey and another time we were trying to get a bus to an airport, I think. And we asked this local woman, well, she, a girl, I think she yeah, was quite student. young. Yeah. She was a student and uh, she was, she was on the bus with us and she said, Oh, I, I can take you that way. That's fine. And she took all these train, uh, all these buses out of the way to, to get us there. She walked us to the airport.
1: And then she gave you...
2: And then she gave me a present. And I'm just... I was bright red. I was so embarrassed because I thought, like, you're being so nice, but I've already asked for your help. Like, I should be giving you a present to say thank you. But I didn't have anything on me. But she gave me this little, like, pocket mirror. And it had, like, these gems all on it. I think she'd made it herself. But she was like, no, 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 I want you to have it. I want you to have it. So I gave her our contact details because... I think for for ter- people from Turkey, it's quite hard to travel, as it is around a lot of these countries that we're visiting. So it's quite unlikely that they'll be able to come to England and, and pay for everything. So I gave her our contact details and I said, whenever you're in England, contact me and you can stay with us and I'll, we'll look after you.
1: Yeah, the thing was in Turkey, like, this... This became normal. We knew people would help us because everyone was so friendly. But just quickly, the train Amy said we were rushing to get, we got on this train, nine hours long. And because we rushed, we didn't have any food or water. And this elderly couple, like in f- a few rows in front of us, they gave us food and water for this trip because we had nothing for nine hours. Honestly, <laughs> we Honestly, we were blown away of how friendly people were.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And that's uh, kind of what you were saying before about being unprepared, because when you're doing such a long trip, everything's quite spontaneous and that could have been a situation where being unprepared you're like oh no I've got no food for nine hours but sometimes those situations actually bring on other situations which are amazing and amazing experiences so those people giving you food that's kind of a great connection to make so in a weird way you making that mistake um, actually led to something amazing yeah.
1: yeah it was a good thing yeah and then we had pictures with the elderly couple We're like yeah it was it was really nice uh, a really nice experience so like you said from something bad came something good
2: and they really remind have you seen the film up? Yeah, 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 I love that film (laughs) They, especially the man I think they really look like the characters from that (laughs)
0: That's so (laughs) cute And I was like I am in love with you (laughs) Yeah, oh that's so lovely Um, So on the Storytime for Travellers podcast we always ask our guests to share a pinch me moment So a pinch me moment is a moment in your travels where you look around and just think wow, I can't believe I'm here and I'm seeing this So do you have a pinch me moment you can share from one of your trips?
2: I think we, we probably have a pinch me moment at least, I don't know, once every two weeks since September, haven't we?
1: Yeah, and these, these can be big things or little things where we just look at each other and just think, like Amy said earlier, like what is our life right now? What is happening? Like look where we are. So it could be something really big as like uh, a real highlight, again, Turkey. You can tell that we like Turkey, but the famous place to see hot air, uh, sorry, to see hot air balloons in Cappadocia, you know, and it, it was, it lived up to the hype. It was amazing. And like we couldn't we couldn't really believe we were there. It was so incredible seeing hundreds, like I don't know how many hundreds, hundreds of balloons in the air. It was an amazing thing to see, but it can also be little things like, again, back to couch surfing. We couch surfed with, with a guy in Cairo, Really nice guy, and we're out one night with his friends, driving around in his car. Like they, I think they were probably speeding, but like speeding around central (laughs) Cairo late at night, like dance music playing, like electric dance music. Me and Amy were just looking at each other. It's like, what are we doing? We, if we were normal, like i don't know I'm, I'm now 30 if we're normal 30 year olds we'd be back at home by now probably at our job or probably watching tv at home but like we're cruising around cairo <laughs> listening to dance music like, like what is speeding
0: happening. through the city
1: <laughs> oh yeah and and the driver almost well, a few times he almost got into like this road rage road rage fights so like we're trying to break up these fights as well but it's just like it's a crazy situation you look back and you think like it was amazing but weird yeah I really think-
0: surreal really surreal I think, yeah, they were
2: definitely pinch me moments for me. Um, But also, uh, there's a place in Brazil, it's a national park. If you know of Salvador, it's kind of six hours on the bus from there. And it's called Chapada Diamantina. And it's this, well, there's two sides to it. So it's a national park and it's beautiful. But a lot of spiritual people go there because they say there's kind of crystals in the ground. And there's a, there's a specific mountain called Pi Ignacio and people go up it and people were telling us that when you go up, you'll cry. And I was like, okay, I don't think that's me and Nick. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we're interested in learning about different cultures, but we're not that spiritual. And we went up there and it's true that there, there were girls that had climbed it and it only takes about 15 minutes. So it's not like it's this epic journey to get up there. And, uh, there were people crying and it was just, it was very strange, but, but really cool at the same time. But the whole time, so when we went to Chapada Diamantina, we were meant to go for about four days and move on. But we stayed for two weeks because it's just, the most beautiful place on this planet like i would say for sure it's top of my list if i had to choose one specific place i would choose there for the best place i've been on earth
1: yeah you can go on like nature walks you can check out waterfalls you can swim in all these natural pools and it's like it's a place i didn't actually think really existed it looked looked like a movie set didn't it yeah Yeah, and the thing is i've not heard of it yeah, it's a big like secret, like only really only Brazilians know about it. Like definitely Europeans don't. Uh, there's actually a lot of Israelis there, which is a bit random. But apart from that, no one in Europe seems to know about it. Even people in South America don't really know about it. It's a well kept secret. But we're now trying to change that on our podcast because we're, we're telling everyone about it because it's amazing. Well, yeah. I don't really
2: want to change it because I want it to <laughs> yeah, keep it, it to it. yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Italy, when I talk about it, I can't not be passionate about it. It, yeah. it really is such a stunning place. And and everything's really chilled and and you know you it's just local people in in the streets and you can try
0: all this local food and it is really really amazing oh well it's it's on the top of my bucket list now
1: <laughs> I definitely need to visit
0: there um so as much as I don't want to turn us on to negatives is there anywhere that you visited that you wouldn't go back to yes yeah <laughs> Uh, two places
2: immediately spring to mind: so Cuba and Egypt.
1: Yeah, Cuba was definitely the worst. Uh, it's, it's a place where a lot of people seem to love it, and yeah, it's very unique. It's an interesting place because of the history there, and like the society and the like the communist government. But we we, went, we wanted to go because Amy does a lot of salsa dancing or used to in London. So Cuban salsa, you know, this is where it's from. You know, the idea of having mojitos on the beach and dancing salsa, that's why we went. But, that doesn't really exist. Well, it does exist, but it's not real. It's just for tourists, and it's just for rich tourists, because it's actually surprisingly expensive. The local people, it's its a sad situation, but because they earn so little money through, like, the government system, the local people can't afford to do these things. So you go. we went into this famous bar, I can't remember the name now, but in central Havana, Oh, uh, Floridita. Is that Floridita? Is that what it's called? Or have I made that up? That, I'm not sure.
2: that was the one that we did go into, not the closed one.
1: Yeah. And in there, it's just drinks, I don't know, like 15 pound for a drink. And it's just full of that basically like American rich yeah. tourists. And it wasn't the culture experience we wanted.
2: And actually, if there are locals in there, it's because they're working. Like, they might seem like they're not, but they're definitely working.
1: Yeah, for sure. Even as as like as dance partners or working at the bar. But we got into one dangerous situation where, we're again, we were trying to find a salsa club surprise surprise in Havana for some reason we couldn't find one and this guy this guy led us he said oh follow me I know a great club and it wasn't he took us to a place which was horrible there was prostitutes there and like they the bound the guy in the door the doorman he wouldn't let us leave until we spent a certain amount of money and it just got a bit dangerous so I definitely say Cuba
2: yeah it by the way we didn't pay the money and it, it sounds when we tell the story again it sounds exactly like a scam and and we're really annoyed that we fell for it but it, he was just so genuine about it, but well, not completely, because I remember on the way, on the walk there, we kind of he was walking with his friend, and we we dropped back a little bit, and I said to Nick, "I'm not sure about this guy. Just just warning you now, I'm not sure." But yeah, once we walked in, they they led us through past the security, and no one even looked at us to say, you know, pay to get in. And then when we wanted, well. We wanted to leave because, yeah, like Nick said, there were working girls there and they started to surround us. And I just grabbed Nick's hand and said, run. And then so we went to run out and uh, the bouncer like quickly moved in our way. And he was like, I, I was kind of arguing with him in Spanish and he was saying, you're not leaving until you give us some money. And I was like, he was telling us to pay that we didn't pay when we arrived. And I said, but no one looked at us and and told us to pay. You know, we walked through with that guy. He didn't pay. He was like, I don't care. Like, you need to give us some money. So I, I wouldn't promote violence, but I actually um elbowed him in the in the side of his body because he was <laughs> he was blocking the door and it was getting really vicious. Yeah, so, so you I, just need to get I elbowed. Out of there. Yeah, yeah. I, I needed, you know, it's fight or flight at that point, and I kind of elbowed him, and because he was busy kind of trying to blocking trying to block Nick I squeezed past him like almost under his legs and then elbowed him from the other side to grab Nick's hand and pulled him through and then we just bolted all the way home luckily we knew where we were um because on the walk there we were walking kind of near where we were staying but um uh, we we obviously didn't tell the local guy that because we had a, our feelings about him, but thought, you know, it might this could turn into a great night, a great opportunity in a, a, a local salsa club. But but it didn't.
1: Yeah. yeah. But a less, ex- a less extreme ver- um, story, really, of countries didn't like Iceland we were disappointed with because there's so much hype about it and Reykjavik itself. We knew it was expensive, but it's really expensive and really boring. But I think the mistake we made is we didn't have enough time to do activities out of Reykjavik. So we were disappointed of Iceland. And controversial, well, Iceland's controversial, but this is controversial as well. We were not too impressed with Peru. We've just been. Oh, yeah. Really? And, see, I went yeah. to Peru
0: last summer and loved it.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone tells us. And maybe we had high expectations, but we didn't think that much of Machu Picchu. We weren't really that impressed. And we thought away from all the tourist sites. We didn't feel like Peru offered anything. We went to a place. Did you go to Huacachina in yeah, Ica? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like the pictures we took look amazing. And from a distance, it looks incredible. But close up, we thought like it smelled. It was dirty. It, it was really dirty. Expensive. Did like you just stay in the old.
0: oasis or in the, um, in the Ica, Ica town? We we stayed in Ica, but we we went to Harkicina. We actually
2: preferred Ica because, you yeah. know, you're around local people and you see what it's actually like. But Hakuchina was just really dirty and everything was catered for tourists. The whole thing was catered for tourists. tourists.
0: yeah. They said, like, I think about 300 people live there, but there's thousands and thousands of tourists that visit every year and stay in the oasis because it's so small. But... The sandboarding there was such a good experience. That was probably one of my uh, yeah. pinch me uh, moments because it was the first time I'd ever been in a desert. So when you did you did you guys do the sandboarding?
1: We we did. We no, have, we we've have done, done it before. So yeah. We yeah, didn't want to spend the money. We've we've done it before because we've had some great desert experiences, um, mainly uh, Morocco, like in the sand dunes in the Sahara Desert. We thought that was amazing, um, and that was
2: yeah, that was. Beautiful. We actually went to a, a music festival in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Oh, wow, yeah, and it and it had like one hundred people, so it was a really small festival. But it was like you do yoga in the day, everybody chills, and then like at night time, it's like an electronic rave, and it was amazing. And you come in on, on um. On camels and four by fours, and it, it's just such an amazing experience. And I think maybe like I d- I don't want to sound like a horrible traveller, but like if that was our first desert experience, maybe we would have liked it. And that's the thing with travel that actually the more you do it, it can spoil some experiences. That's a good point. So like yeah, if that was our first time, maybe we would have liked it and thought, oh, it's it's a bit dirty, but it's okay. But because we'd been to the Sahara Desert and it is completely clean, you don't see anyone un- unless you're with your group. And, it, it, like, it's just local people, Berbers walking around the sand dunes. And, yeah, it was
0: such an incredible experience. Definitely. And getting to do a festival there as well. What was the festival called? Uh, Beyond Sahara. Oh, amazing. That sounds... i have to look that up. Yeah, I think for me the reason why it was so magical is because it was the first time I'd ever being in sand dunes and getting to kind of do I mean you you did it probably when you sand duned uh sandboarded <laughs> the other time but getting to go in the Dune buggy and like a roller coaster ride over the yeah. I think they're yeah. the biggest sand dunes in the world, the ones in Vogatina. Um well the tallest. Um Yeah, and they're tallest to, in South America, yeah. Yeah. And getting to go in the Dune the buggy, it was literally like a roller coaster ride. We went at sunset and it was so beautiful. But like you said, I think it is kind of the things that really stand out Are the firsts as well So like Yeah
1: I get, yeah. I get that Yeah like our first trip was To Thailand And we're like Whoa this has blown our mind But if we went back We'd probably be a bit like Oh okay like, may, Maybe not But I, I get why you enjoy Tuakichin And like I said The sand dunes Actually they, they look amazing uh, Especially if you've never Seen sand dunes before It's like whoa It'd blow your mind But just a bit closer up We just saw a lot of trash And we were just like Yeah we, we weren't Personally too impressed But I get why people Would like it
2: Yeah but I think That's kind of the main main reason why we didn't like Peru overall everything's catered for tourists and you can like when you get somewhere you know that tourists has just been there I don't know I I just think we're really enjoying travel outside of all of that route so for example at the moment we're in Ecuador in a place called Ayampe, and it's right next to a place called Montañanita (laughs) and that's a really big party place like we've had messages from some of our listeners that are like oh have you been there and we're like
0: no <laughs> like we drove through and yeah just maybe we're turning into an old boring couple now <laughs> no I think sure. it's because but- you're more experienced travelers so you're really immersing yourself in the culture of places whereas yeah. I think for me I'm at the point where I'm traveling on my own, so it's like I will go to the places where I can meet oh, people yeah. to travel with. if you're travel with. on
2: your own, for sure. Like you need yeah. to do that. But like where we are now is we're right by the beach, and we've got this um, Airbnb where everything is kind of made out of bamboo oh, and we're just with the local people. And rather than going to the shop to buy food, we actually have a guy called Fernando who comes uh, every day in his red truck and he's literally a supermarket in the back of this red truck. It's amazing. And he has like, he makes his own peanut butter. He's got all this fruit and fruit and veg and all these special products. He We bought some um corn from him the other day that's still, Um, in its leaves and he's mixed it with cheese and herbs and he was like this whole concoction was amazing it was only like one dollar and yeah it's it's just we're we're just staying with the local people and it's it's amazing
0: yeah and it's those kind of foodie experiences as well as well are always always good for for the culture and in South America gosh the food is amazing um we're actually coming to the end of our time but thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast it's been amazing to chat to you and you have my absolute favourite travel podcast so amazing to connect yes you have good (laughs) thank you (laughs) enjoy (laughs) the rest of your trip as well cheers thank you thank you bye I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Nick and Amy you can listen to their incredible podcast on all platforms by just searching for What The Foe travel podcast you can also follow their trip on social media and support them on their website If you like this episode, please leave a review and subscribe. It really does make all the difference to help people find this podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Storytime for Travellers. And I'll speak to you again next week on another episode of the podcast.